to the Alex Helton Real Estate Show. I am Sam Dahl, and as always, have with me Alex Helton. Uh, we're brought to you by Rob Smith at Mortgage Investors Group. He is a great resource for anything related to home loans, refi, etc. And today we're going to be talking about some of the biggest mistakes that sellers can make and how to avoid those when they're considering listing their home. So um, before we get started on that, Alex, question of the day is what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie is Tombstone. Okay, that didn't take long. Um, it's been my favorite since seventh grade. Okay. Okay. Some things change. Some things stay the same. Yeah. Uh, favorite character in Tombstone? Um, Wyatt, Earp is a, is a, Wyatt Earp is a close second, but Doc Holliday. Okay. Played by? Val Kilmer. Okay. Awesome. Guys, unbelievable. It, tell me another movie with more unbelievable one-liners. You can't do it. Well, Don't future even podcast You'll get a headache. we'll just do one-liners from Tombstone. Yes. Uh, and put them maybe in a real estate context. Yeah. But um, for me, I'd probably have to go with probably Shutter Island, to be honest. I really like Shutter Island. I've never psychological even heard of this. thrillers. I don't like horror, but Man. movies that are more like intellectually thrilling than action-based. I feel like this is kind of telling me something about you that I should have known. Maybe. Well, sometime I'll show it to you. <laughs> you you introduced me to Tombstone, to a couple others that are important to you. So. Here, here's what's interesting, is that I've never heard of that movie until yesterday I heard a comedian reference it. <laughs> never seen it. So, just interesting how these things happen. I would put it in the, now some movie people may have a problem with this because I'm not a big movie person, but okay. have you seen Inception? No. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not sure there's hope for you, but these are movies that I was I've seen Tombstone over a hundred times though. <laughs> okay. So while you're getting all this diversity with your, right. you know, yeah. your movies and getting, you know, nice balance of, of different, I'm just Tombstone. Okay. And it served me very well. Now I well. feel like I need to start listing movies and see if you've seen them. And I <laughs> yeah. haven't even seen many The answer movies. is always no. Uh, Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's another good one. So, yeah. All right. So, Alex, when we think about mistakes, the biggest mistakes to avoid when selling, yeah. um, what's the first, first one that comes to mind? First mistake to avoid. So first off, I would say that I see selling a home in three phases. It's prep the home price the home, and then launch the home. Okay. Not like, you know, literally, but like for us, that's the term we use in our, on our team for marketing the home, presenting it to the market, that whole plan. I had the image of the movie Up. Yeah. Seen up? Yeah. The balloons go. I have seen That's it. not the launch we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's a sad movie. Yeah. And if you make these mistakes, it'll be a sad seller. Okay. <laughs> you like? All right, let's get back on track. I got us uh, off. I'll take the blame, but... So we're prepping, yeah. we're pricing, we're launching. So the launch we're not talking about. Uh, we're talking about prepping and pricing. So just going first with the prepping, I think that's the biggest mistake. The, uh, the more a market tends to favor a seller, the, more, the easier it is for people to just say, ah, I, don't need to, you know, I don't need to do repairs, I don't need to do staging. Uh, and that kind of thing. And I think that's a huge mistake. My opinion is regardless of the market, 
What a lot of people don't know if you're not in the business every day is how emotional um, the buy side is and how much preparing it can really cre create high demand from buyers to pay a premium for this thing that's being marketed. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the, you know, every home's a little different, probably needs different things. There's some that are common, I, you know, I think about decluttering, mm -hmm. depersonalizing, those are typically baseline things that help yeah. the presentation of a home as you prep it. What are some other things that maybe are a notch above that as far as um, prep yeah. level? <clears throat> so the easiest thing, in my opinion, is to have somebody come in and tell you what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be the expert. Don't try to be the expert. <clears throat> we have walked into some homes that's like, oh, you basically have a Pinterest home. Yep. Let's, I would say that's But the, it's pretty rare. That's the exception, not the rule. So get some professional help. Um, and I personally am not the expert. Our team can be because we bring in a person that is consulting on, here's exactly what to do. But decluttering, depersonalizing. The decluttering is just, man, especially if you have, you know, I've got three kids. Like things get cluttered quickly even, you know, after the house is cleaned. It's like later that afternoon it basically looks the same as it did yeah and if you've lived in a home for a few years like i remember the first apartment i lived in was cheryl we moved after only one year and it was just me and her and yeah. when we moved it was like every all of our stuff expanded when we moved it's like where was all this stuff in our 500 square foot so we all have this tendency to kind of like yeah progressively pack things into closets and every nook and cranny and then exactly. for someone walking in they're going yeah. it honestly kind of creates from what i've heard from stagers is this impression that the house is small because totally. there's not kind of some open space totally so decluttering is huge um depersonalizing but the biggest thing i would say is have somebody come in some of this is common sense but it can be helpful to just have an outside perspective to say here's a list room by room of everything that essentially a handyman can do Right, like we've been in our home for five, six years, and there are some pieces of wood that are, if we don't give it a give them attention or replace them, they will, you know, a piece of trim that might peel away or whatever. Which is fine when I'm living here; we don't really notice it. But if I were going to sell my home, that's just one small example of get that fixed, make it flush, make it look new, fresh, and so that's just one example. And I think. The longer you're in a home, again, the rule, not the exception. Like I know when I'll go into homes and you can just tell like their cars, their lawn, inside and outside, this thing is immaculate. Immediately when anything goes wrong, breaks, or is not looking perfect, they fix it. I love selling those homes because even when they're outdated, right? Like they haven't touched the furniture, the fixtures or anything in 20 years. You just walk in and there's this sense of like, man, this place is solid and it's well taken care of. And it, it, it gives me and it gives most buyers a sense of uh, uh, just peace of mind. Like this is a well taken care of property. Mm -hmm. So touch, touch up paint came to mind when you mentioned the trim, thinking about my house, I've got four kids and the other day I was noticing 
some of the trim around the doorways. I was like, that's yeah. pretty dirty. Yeah. Because kids have been coming in for years, you know, putting their hands on it. And like, you just kind of learn to live with some of that stuff when you're in a home. But then when yeah. a seller comes in or a buyer comes into the home, that's going to make a big difference for them looking at and going, well, this must be a dirty house. Exactly. Versus, oh, this is a really sharp, clean, yep. well-maintained house. Yeah. Um, so some of those impressions don't take a whole lot of time, money, effort Agreed. to elevate the presentation of the home. Um, and sometimes, you know, depending on situation, timing, you know, we've helped people do significant overhauls of like a master bathroom, right. sometimes a kitchen. What are the, maybe the spots in the home that are the most important to have looking good? If you had to yeah. pick and choose a couple places, where should, where should a seller focus their attention? Yeah, so I think it's worth saying that when we say staging, that could be, as you mentioned, if it's been well taken care of, they've done a lot of this maintenance sort of you know, ongoing and it hasn't been deferred, it may be five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars worth of you know handyman touch-ups over the course of like a weekend or two. Mm-hmm. That's not totally uncommon. All the way to um, really handling, managing, helping to coordinate anything from you know almost the total renovation. Uh, it just depends on what is the market. What does the client want? Like, are they wanting top dollar and they have the money to put into it? And we have a high level confidence that they'll get a really good return on that time and invested money. Or is it somebody that for whatever reason, like they need what they can get as soon as they can get. And that looks different. Mm -hmm. So for somebody that said, hey, we want top dollar, you know, what are the areas in the home to focus on? I would say in most price ranges, it's going to be kitchen mm-hmm. and master bath, which makes sense. Uh, I've heard it said, and it's kind of like a joking comment, but it's true. Like the people that that's where the people that pay the mortgage spend their time, mm. which is why maybe it's a little easier to have secondary bedrooms that, you know, they're just not as impressive or whatever as the kitchen and the master bath. So, you know, that's where I would focus my energy is not master bath, master, you know, bedroom and bath. Call so it a master suite. Call it master suite and kitchen. Um, and then the higher price point, I would go uh, like outdoor areas are really, really outdoor kitchens. Really, really popular. Um so higher price point, the bigger the home, some of those secondary spaces become pretty important too. But you know, for the majority of homes in Metro Nashville, if you really knock it out of the park with what you have on kitchen and master suite, um, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And to pull back an earlier recommendation, get some professional advice on yeah. what to do in those spaces. Um, so give us a call. We can connect you with somebody or if you have someone that's like a professional stager that you have a connection to. Because we have seen some situations where people put a lot of money into those spaces yeah. with their personal preferences yeah. that 
did not represent the current trends of the market. And I agree. It, yep. It's, I, I don't know if it went, made the price go backwards, but it may have. It certainly doesn't help if you do it wrong. It didn't help. I can remember years ago, it's probably, man, I don't know, 10 years ago, and um, this lady had called and said, hey, uh, you know, I'd like for you to come over and help me get my home sold, and I got over there. And she showed me some of the things that she had done in the previous months. And one of them was she replaced the exterior. Of course, it's an exterior fence. I don't think there's any fences inside. But outside, she replaced this fence. And she had spent, I can't remember at the time, it might have been like $7,500. And I just, that like broke my heart for her because the fence that she had before, there was nothing wrong with it that I could tell. I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily the motive behind that, but $7,500 was spent on something that she lost $7,500 in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be one thing to spend it and get it back. It's not ideal, but that's okay. But this was a spend it and get none of it back. Ideally, what we want to do is spend a dollar and get back Dollar twenty-five, $1.52. And so, yes, a huge mistake that people can make is I know what I'm doing, which you may, but that's going to be the exception, not the rule. My experience is like I'm in this stuff every day and I'm not making these decisions. I'm yeah. getting somebody who really is... Um, not in the world of real estate necessarily every day, but in the world of like design and that kind of thing, who can choose like budget-friendly fixtures, paint colors that haven't like, like right now we're in the middle of sort of what I think is like a transition of like what, what might be popular, like colors, mm -hmm. exterior and interior. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know that, a lot of people will choose what's been popular now for five years. You go on the market and all of a sudden, like, you're not really standing out. Right. And I find that you can make those same decisions uh, or use the same budget, rather, and make those decisions, like, make different choices. And it's hard to say, here's exactly how much more you're going to get. It's sort of a uh, intuition. Mm -hmm. Like when you do this, it stands out. It creates this emotional appeal and it makes a difference. Yeah. So let's transition to talking a little bit about pricing mistakes. Okay. Uh, we'll just imagine for the sake of, of this conversation that Stager has gone over, made the appropriate recommendations. Those yeah. have been done. We've got a really great looking house. Um, and now it comes time to price the home. Mm -hmm. um, what is the biggest mistake that a seller may be inclined to make when it comes to pricing? Now, they're obviously not pricing it themselves. That's typically why someone's going to hire an agent. One of, mm -hmm. the, one of the reasons would be mm -hmm. help us understand what our home is worth. Yeah. Um, but as we go through that process together, seller and agent, what's a yeah. mistake that a seller would be prone to making it? So I would say 
you know, when I'm talking with somebody and we're consulting on them making a move, one of the questions that we ask is like, you know, what are you looking for in the agent that you hire? And that's actually one of the most common responses is help me price the home. So most people do want help with that. A big mistake that people can make is if the comps clearly show that a home is, um, you know, let's just say 500, comps say, hey, the home is 500, and somebody says, well, let's list at 550 so that we have negotiating room to come down. Mm -hmm. The mistake in that is a, I don't know if it's, you know, for whatever reason, um, that's where they land. And my opinion is you really, really, really have this opportunity to create a first impression. Like it's going out there, all the marketing, the media, it's, it's from day one, it's how do you want people to, re to react to that, right? Most buyers have been looking for months, not necessarily actively, but like on apps or whatever, leading up to when they get serious, they know this value perception for consumers now versus 10 years ago is completely different. Mm -hmm. And so I think people know, most people have a sense immediately when they see it, the photos, the stats, it's like, man, we should really check that out. Or, man, that seems priced high. Let's give it some time and like see if they come down. So in the age of the internet, people are looking at lots of home pictures, lots of homes online. And yeah. their search is probably, in this case, it's worth five. Let's just pretend you got a buyer, they're searching 475 to 550. Yeah. This comes in at 550. They're going to look at that and go, huh. It's, kind of, it's on the underwhelming side of all of the hundreds yeah. of homes that I may have looked at online Yeah, because it doesn't, it's a 500 home, which yeah. is probably still a nice home, but the impression yeah. that they're going to get in the context that they have may be underwhelming. Yeah. Is that fair? It is. Now, here's the exception. Now, we're coming out of a market like this, and hopefully what we're talking about here is meant to be valuable, helpful, insightful in any market, and we're coming out of a market where... So here, here's a couple of, of fundamentals. You only have one uh, opportunity to create a first impression, and that's really important. Second thing is price ahead of the market. Mm -hmm. So if the market is flying at a 30% appreciation per year rate, comp showed at five, go ahead and list it at 550. But they probably sell for six to, six to a million, somewhere in that range. Exactly. <laughs> Um, People but, are going to be throwing paper airplanes with $100 bills at your door just hoping that you decide to... Offering crazy <laughs> things outside of price, you yeah. know, babies and, you know, season tickets and, you know, right. weird stuff. But that's a, that's, a, that's a short period of time, right? The rest of the time leading up to that and I think, you know, going forward for the foreseeable future... You want to price ahead of the market. So if the market is going down by 5%, you have to get ahead of the market. And if your home is worth, if comps show it's at 500 today and the market's going down by 5%, you need to get ahead of it or you are literally going to chase the market down. You mm -hmm. need to drop it by, call it 8%, you know, somewhere between maybe 7 and 10%. And that's assuming that the other piece that we've already talked about is in place that you, you know, 
done all those other things to prep the home. But right now, you know, it's, it's appreciation is at a uh, more manageable pace. And so you can price it, you know, you can price it a little ahead of where comps are showing, but the big mistake is too far. Mm -hmm. And then you miss this opportunity to really capture all eyes are on this listing when it first comes on the market. And for us, um, yeah, that's, that's a big mistake that can be avoided. Um, if you have a relationship with your agent where you're really, if you have a problem pricing where it needs to be, like looking at the data and really talking through that, but mm -hmm. just sort of a, yeah, I think it's worth five, let's just list high and see what happens, I think is, a, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, so the other buyer impression piece of that is when you do go too high, Yeah. Um, and this has been the case probably for you know at least five years now, where if that home sits on the market, it doesn't take long before bu buyers just assume that something's wrong with it. And it's a universal thought. It could Everybody be literally only that. the price, and like, $10,000, $25,000 less, it'd be like a hot listing. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's been on the market two weeks, must be something major. Like, I don't want to spend all that money right. fixing, fixing up that garbage yeah. when it could be a great home. Yeah. And so that impression kind of snowballs. It does. And then could even be the case with when you start price reducing, you're now chasing, chasing, chasing this buyer perception that if you don't do it right, yeah. keeps running away from you. Yeah, most agents haven't experienced what that market is like. Like, I was in you know real estate in when the crash happened, like 08 and 09 and 10, and you see listings over and over and over, people doing this, and the quicker you can accept the reality of what the market is today, and if you want to sell your home, do what it takes and, and get it sold, mm -hmm. right? And again, that's even if the market is going up, except that it's going up by this pace, not this pace, yeah. and price it where it needs to be. So the temptation, I think, oftentimes, and I'd probably feel this way, is, well, the comps say it's worth five. Yeah. If I list it at five and get five, yeah. I'm gonna experience FOMO. <laughs> Yeah. about that 550 that's out there. Right. So I just want to test it at 550. Let's just see what's going on up there. Yeah. And if I don't get it, all right, we can dial it back. I, I hear people talking about this, the, basically a fear of missing out on a higher price point because we're going to list it more conservative. Sure. Our experience says that's probably not an accurate way to, to think about that. Tell us, tell us what... What the, how the market responds to pricing as far as yeah. generating competition by being more competitive, et cetera. Yeah, so there's a couple things. And man, the more, anytime I'm, actually, anytime I'm really thinking about this, um, it's a big plug for a, a great agent that you can trust and gets, gets the job done. That does not have to be our team. Um, we would love to be the team, but that's not the point. The point is somebody that you really trust that's experienced that can bring a sense of experience and intuition and interpreting the market and what you have to sell. Um, there's, um, so a couple of things I would say. Number one is, 
if you list at five, and let's just say it's truly a 550 home, I think even in a strong buyer's market, a market that really favors buyers, and there's tons of listings out there, you're still going to get multiple offers, and it's probably going to get bid up to 550. Mm -hmm. That's my guess, or close to it. So there's a little bit, Mike, and, and again, if you don't, like I can say that because I've seen that happen over the years. But if you're not in the business and you don't really trust that your agent knows what they're talking about, you're not going to believe that because mm -hmm. the fear of missing out on, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 can be strong enough that you just go, nah, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, mm -hmm. let's just give it a shot anyways. Um, that's why that trust piece is so big. So first thing I would say is if it's truly worth more marketed, well, you will get more. Mm -hmm. uh, the even second, if you're pricing it a little bit even, on the more conservative even side. Even if you're pricing it on the conservative side. Um, the other thing I would say is just simply that there's, there's, there's risk and reward. Okay. If I'm, you know, got pros and cons of 500 versus 550, I think the risk of losing money at pricing five, I think the risk of missing out on that is significantly lower than how much you're going to miss out when you price high. And now the consumer perception is that there's something wrong with your house. Mm -hmm. So you just, you have to look at the data. You have to use intuition and go, now what do my instincts say based on experience and based on the facts of the market? Um, and a lot of times kind of leading up to a home being on the market, at least on our team, we're able to have conversations with getting insights from our network on things that are happening around that aren't necessarily on, you know, one of the big websites or whatever that tells us, okay, we can be a little bit more aggressive or no, we need to tone it back and be more conservative. So, mm -hmm. all right. So wrapping this one up, Alex, uh, what would be your sort of one takeaway piece of advice for a seller Yeah, considering listing, they don't want to, they don't want to make common mistakes. Yeah. What would be sort of your one, your one admonition to that seller? Yeah. Follow process process being get advice on how to make your home market ready. Take the time to go through that process. You're talking about, you know, a week to six weeks on average, I'd say two to three weeks. Follow the process that includes getting advice on what to do, go through it, and then price the home based on the current market. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for watching. Um, of course, if you'd rather listen, feel free to check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We do appreciate um, you subscribing, rating, reviewing, etc. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.